This show is a listener-supported podcast. Listeners like Sebastian Koch, who has the honor of being the very first Let Me Listen Patreon patron. Thanks, Sebastian. If you would like to contribute as little as $1 a month to help fund this podcast, please visit our website at www.lemmelistenpodcast.com and click on the Patreon logo. If you can't, or just don't want to, no biggie. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Late Seating! I haven't had a stroke. It's October! That means, uh, spooky, scary, spook, spooky, scary movies, right, Steve? Yeah, I guess. And Steve has turned into a woman from the 1950s who's seen a mouse! <laughs> and. <laughs> And, uh, so we're doing a scary movie, and, uh, this time around, we're going, uh, well, I suppose I should explain, uh, the premise of the show, like I've done a million times before, I just, I scared myself so bad that I forgot to do the opening intro part. Um, on this show, we take a classic film, and, uh, we give it a fresh review, and we see that if, if it's as scary as people remember, or if it's just boring and like what i'm sure grandpa thought that was scary but not me not me at all so that's what we're doing and this time around we're going to be taking a look at a movie that is about corporate greed and about how it doesn't care about the simple worker we're talking about alien also known as haunted house in space <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a horror movie that just so happens to take place on a spaceship. That's okay. right. It's an original idea. Yeah. So let's get to it, shall we? I would love to. Okay. If it, if it won't be too scary. Oh, I I can't guarantee the, that. The movie's scary, and if our recap is scary too, that might be too much scary for for the folks listening at home. Yeah, before we start getting into the recap. In fact, before I start getting over to doing the credits like I always do, uh, turn off your lights, no matter where you are. If you're driving, turn off your headlights. Turn them off. Yeah, if you're, if you're at the gym right now listening to us, go, go, run, go run up and turn off all the lights. I'm sure no one else will care. Turn off the lights. Uh, put on some spooky music. Uh, turn up the headphones really, really, really loud, because this is the review, the spooky review of Alien. Oh, oh. I feel like doing Count Floyd from SCTV. <laughs> okay, kids, we've got a really scary movie this time around. Oh, shit, Jason's talking about a show we've never seen. That's right, kids! <laughs> <laughs> he's like Dennis Miller, only he's funny and his jokes make sense. <laughs> I didn't need to go to college to understand half the shit he's saying. <laughs> All right, here we go. Alien! was directed by Ridley Scott, produced by Gordon Carroll, David Giller, and Walter Hill, screenplay by Dan O'Bannon, story by Dan O'Bannon, and uh, Ronald uh, Shusett, although there were a couple of uncredited people who uh, also wrote, um, worked on the screenplay. And it stars Tom Skerritt, Sigourney Weaver, Veronica Cartwright, Harry Dean Stanton, John Hurt, Ian Holm, Yafet Koto, and... I'm going to include this name because he's never mentioned, and he should be, Balaji Badejo as the alien. Because he deserves to be included in the goddamn cast. 
And from here on out, if we're going to do another movie that features someone in a costume, their name is going to get included. So if we ever do uh, Harry and the Hendersons, <laughs> super tall guy, who was also the super tall guy who was in Predator, who played the, the Bigfoot, Harry and the one, and then the Predator and the other. Ooh, that'd be a movie. There's a scary movie right there. Predator versus Harry from Harry and the oh, Hendersons. You're, at, you're printing money there, man. You're just <laughs> Am I? Printing money. Box I mean, office. It's a short movie. <laughs> Harry goes up to make movie. friends with the Predator, and then he just rips his spine out. The end. But it would be a crowd pleaser. It would be the Bambi versus Godzilla of the modern age. Exactly. That, that's how long it would be. Oh, right. Uh, credits. Music by Jerry Goldsmith. Cinematography by Derek uh, Van Lint. Edited by Terry Rawlings and Peter Weatherly. Um, it was produced by 20th Century Fox London at the Brandywine Ronald Shusett... Well, I'm sorry, it was a Brandywine Ronald Shusett production. It was distributed by Fox, and it was released on May 25th, 1979 in the United States. I was 10, and I saw this movie... <laughs> And it's why I am the way I am today. <laughs> it was budgeted, and I cannot believe this budget. Are you ready? I'm ready. It was that they don't have a firm a number nine to eleven million dollars. <laughs> wow. The box office was two hundred and three million. Hmm. So that was a deal. And a half. It was a modestly successful film. It was an extraordinarily <laughs> successful film. This movie was so scary, even the commercials were scary. It had a cat hissing and boo, and like, oh, in space, no one, no one can hear you scream. And, and when the commercials would come on TV, I would freak the fuck out. And then my dad said, hey, you want to go see Alien? And I was like, I don't know. And then my, one of my friends in the school said, I saw Alien. I was like, really? And he said, yeah, it's about a cat that sticks its tail down this people's throat and it kills them. And I went, that doesn't sound so scary. So then I told my dad I'd go see it, and that was not what the movie was about. <laughs> and he lied to me. I thought it was about a killer cat in space. <laughs> it was about a monster that I just... haunted me, and then I got the alien action figure for Christmas, and I had to sleep with it locked in my desk drawer. <laughs> I love the thought of 10-year-old you, like, just your whole life being destroyed by going to see Alien and re it, it, it dawning on you about halfway through that it's not about a cat. It's not its about the down. cat. The tip-off comes fairly early in the film when it's not a cat that attaches itself to John Hurt's face. Um, we should probably do the synopsis while I try to recompose myself. Um, remembering how badly I was lied to by a kid who had not actually seen the film. <gasps> um, I know, it's an impossible for me to believe that a 10-year-old would lie to another 10-year-old to seem like Mr. Big Shot. Uh, uh, okay. I'm so, I'm just glad that kids aren't like that anymore. Yeah, I know. They don't socialize at all anymore <laughs> unless it's through social gaming. Yeah, it's such a, it's a much better world, I think. <laughs> all right. If it's not going to terrify you too much, are you ready to recap the plot yeah, I, to Alien? I, I feel safe because I know that Tom Skerritt is in this movie. Well, you know, to a point. <laughs>
you know what's really ridiculous about Alien is I was a kid and I was like convinced that the alien was going to come through my door or come out from the bed or come out of the closet or what, or the action figure was actually an alien and was going to come alive and get me. <laughs> and this is one of those movies where uh, that it, it's like it's in space set in the future. So there's no way this alien's going to come and <laughs> right. get me. The alien's not even here. <laughs> It's like being scared of the id monster from from Forbidden Planet. Which, by the way, I saw when I was five. And yeah, I was scared of that too. So was your dad like, ah, you little idiot, listen. (laughs) Yeah, that's how my father spoke to me. Like, you little moron. It's obviously a cartoon. Your fears are (laughs) irrational, you little shit. Now shut up and go to bed. Recap the plot. Okay. You start. Well, start it. Well, okay. After after the uh, the opening credits, uh, which are which yeah. are kind of cool because you see like the the title of the film kind of appears one piece at a time, and there's like a big yeah. planet with rings back in the in the background. It's really cool. It's very simple opening sequence, and mm-hmm. and then we are brought aboard the spacecraft Nostromo. Well, first we see the spacecraft Nostromo. Yeah. At least we think it is. It could also be a floating haunted house in space. Yeah, it does because because it's the the ship itself is kind of like a like a a, a towing like a uh, it's towing. It's a mining. Yeah, vessel. it's it's so it's, it's like a, a merchant vessel, and yeah. most of what we see is is like is the cargo that it's that is behind yeah, which it. Which are these like these tall kind of very gothic peaks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in silhouette, it looks like an old gothic house, a spooky old gothic house. Ooh. Stop it! <laughs> um, so they're uh, they're they're on their way back from wherever they were to from outer to, space from outer space to <laughs> to get whatever they're carrying, whatever their 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 cargo is. I think it's gas. I think they mine. Yeah, gas. yeah. And and it's it. They're not. I mean, and I guess technically we could call them astronauts, but they're not explorers. These are not like noble space people, like Star Trek they're people. Space they're space noble space people. You know, they're not. They're not. They're. It's they're at work basically. It's their job. And when we first yeah. meet them, they're they're woken up unexpectedly from their hibernation because it's the kind of thing where the trip takes such a long time that when they when when they're done yeah. actually working they just go to sleep and then mm-hmm. when it's time to get ready to go back to earth when they're close to home and they, do stuff. they wake yeah right. they wake back up um, yeah and it's also because uh, I, I guess space travel takes uh, a significant amount of time and to save on you know food and air and stuff they go to sleep they go into suspended animation Right, yeah. hypersleep, yeah, or whatever they whatever, call it. Yeah, whatever this Sci-fi movie's name thing. for it is. <laughs> long, long nap time. You go sleep now. Whatever. Yeah, you. We <laughs> and they they go into these little white co- coffins in their underwears, and they sleep for a long time. It's a standard sci-fi trope. Yeah, and 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 calling back to the Star Trek thing. Um, uh, this movie, uh, I would like to, to point out that Star Trek is is what I would like the future to be. Alien is what the future probably will fucking be. Yeah. It probably is what's going to what space travel will eventually become if we don't destroy ourselves. Just people working in space. Right? Yeah, and it's 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 not romantic. It's not like no. it's they 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 argue with each other over money. You yeah. know the technicians. And, and I also want to say this is that the spookiness of the Nostromo doesn't stop uh, on the outside because we go inside of it, and it's like they went out of their way to go. Um, okay, we're going to be making a, a mining vessel. Okay, got it. I, I want you to design 
the scariest mining <laughs> vessel you could possibly find. What, what do you mean? I want lots of steam, uh, dark, like hardly any lighting at all. Uh huh. <laughs> and everything inside needs to be painted black. Is that okay? Uh, uh why? Because it's what I like, okay? Because <laughs> I want it to be a super scary movie, no, do it. <laughs> no, this isn't the movie person saying this. This is the actual designer of the Nostromo <laughs> the back actual- at the Nostromo <laughs> yards. Because I want these crews to come home scarred and ruined. <laughs> As if, as if long-term space travel won't be traumatic enough. We're going to really right. turn the screws on these guys. <laughs> uh, so these guys wake up, and they're like, oh, hmm, I guess we're almost home. And that's where we meet uh, Ripley, Dallas, Parker, um, Brett, um, Lang- L- L- Lambert, and... Um, the robot. <gasps> what? <laughs> Ash. Ash. Yes. Who? Who? And they all get up and they're like, "Hey, oh, we're almost home. We must be at the frontier." Oh, nope. The computer's woken them up for something else. They're looking around to try to find a beacon to say, "Hey, welcome home." Um, they're all arguing. Uh, you know, uh, apparently Brett, played by Harry Dean Stanton, and Parker, played by Yafit Koto. Um, make a different amount than the officers. And that's one of their big gripes. They have this kind of big gripe that they want a better percentage or whatever else. And they're like, no, you're going to get what you negotiated for. And they're, you know, they're upset about that. And the thing that strikes you is that they're literally just co-workers. They're just co-workers having co-worker-like discussions. And they get on each other's nerves like co-workers do. And they say snippy things when the other person isn't thinking. It's... It's like being at work. Yay. (laughs) In space. (laughs) Alien is the office of sci-fi haunted house movies. (laughs) And, and, but it turns out, oh, hey, the computer woke us up and we're nowhere near where we're supposed to be. Where the heck are we? Oh, we're near this, we're near, um, spooky planet. What? We're near, we're near a planet. It's got a signal coming off it and, and mother, the computer... Which is a talking computer with an ancient interface. <laughs> um, has woken them up because they've uh, received a signal, and I guess it's standard operating procedure that if they receive a signal, wake the crew up, go check it out. And so they have to go and go check it out. So they go to Spooky Planet, and Spooky Planet is inhospitable, doesn't have a breathable atmosphere, and all this stuff, but they detach the ship from the gas things the gas the, or the refinery part yeah. whatever the spooky or part the big spooky scary part the big spooky scary part and they land on the planet and then it's who is it it's Dallas Ash uh, no no it's Dallas uh, Lam- Lambert and I forgot Kane, Kane. Yeah. Yeah, Dallas, Lambert, and Kane, they're like, hey, we're going to put on our spacesuits, and we're going to go out and check out this thing, okay? And they're like, awesome, go. <laughs> and they go out there, and they find a... <gasps> they find, on Spooky Planet, they find Spooky Spaceship. Oh, super Spooky Spaceship. <laughs> and the first thing they think of, let's go inside Spooky Spaceship. <laughs> no, don't go inside Spooky Spaceship. Look, it's thunder and lightning, it's a rainstorm, this is Spooky Planet, we got to go into Spooky Spaceship. All right, we're going. And so they go in. And they're wandering around in spooky spaceship. And 
Um, they find uh, a dude, this really big dude, uh, kicking, kicking it um, in this chair with a thing that comes off it that kind of looks like an erection because H.R. Uh, Giger <laughs> designed the, the, a lot of the alien stuff in this movie. And I, he's like, I have to work in penis and phallus everywhere <laughs> I put... Also with vagina and spider ickiness. <laughs> it's like, what? Why? It's like, because, fuck you, it's different, isn't it? And yeah, it is. It's yeah. No one's going to top him for design. Ridley Scott was just like, any... whatever. Go ahead. No one was prepared for the design elements on it, and they definitely looked alien. Absolutely. That's for sure. Uh, but they find this uh, this creature, which uh, is not called this in the film, but they called it in the in the script bible. They called it the space jockey, and uh, he's real dead. <laughs> and they're like, "Oh no, we found a spooky corpse on the spooky ship on the spooky planet." And they're like, "Look, there's a <laughs> hole on in where his chest would be." And they're like, "Yep, that's a that's a hole. Looks like something shot out of him." Oh. Mm. Oh, a spooky foreshadowing corpse. That's <laughs> let's go deeper in. Let's that keep going. Like a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> so Kane goes down into a hole, and uh, he's actually pretty insistent that we they have to keep looking. He wants to he wants to keep going, and he goes into this room, and it's filled with uh, like thousands of eggs, egg like yeah. things. Yeah, because technically. They're not really. No, eggs. they're they they're don't. eggs with mouths. Yeah, they don't they don't behave like. No, you don't understand my design element. No. It's not a mouth that comes out. It is a over over vagina opening from which the tentacle hand monster <laughs> <laughs> will come out and uh, fillet the uh, victim. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Um, anyway, he uh, gets down there, and he's farting around these eggs, and, and there's movement inside one of them, so, oh, they, they, they must be alive. Maybe I should get out of here. Nope. Let me put my face right next to it. Yeah, I'm going to... One opens up. One, one of them opens up, and these little flaps on the open, and it goes... It didn't make that noise, but since it's spooky spaceship, and it makes a creaking sound. And he's like, oh... Um, get me out of here! No, he doesn't say that. He goes, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna look in," and then he's attacked by a jump scare. <laughs> now I know people think that jump scares are new. They're not new. They've been around forever. Go watch the original Cat People. There yeah. is the dad, granddaddy of all jump scares in that movie, and all it is is a fucking bus. Yeah. But in, in people are like, "Shit, old man Jason, god." Damn it! Why are you bringing up a black and white movie from 1930? God knows when. You can't even review Alien without referencing your Val Luton horseshit from the <laughs> 30s. God damn it! Not even talking about the remake from this with Nastasia Kinski's boobs in it. You're talking about that old boring one. Anyway, uh, we cut back to the Nostromo, right? Yeah. Okay, you take yeah. over. I've been talking. Well, <laughs> thanks. Um, so, I'm getting scared, oh, man. Don't, I'm oh, trying to hold my pee in. Hold your pee. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, we cut back to the ship, and uh, Ash has sort of been monitoring the crew, uh, the, 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 yep. the guys who are outside, and yeah. uh, Ripley is trying to figure out 
what what the signal that they received is. And mm-hmm. because Ash hasn't figured it out. And she's like... They thought it was a distress yeah, signal. Yeah, they thought it was a distress signal. And Ripley sort of works on it a little bit. And she's like, hey, this is weird. It, I don't think it is a distress signal. I think it's a warning. And, Thanks, Spock. <laughs> and and uh, Ripley says, you know, since it's a warning, and since our crewmates are kind of all out there in it, like maybe we should just go out and bring them back because they might yeah, be in danger. Like and Ash is like, "Fuck you!" That's spooky planet. Yeah, are you kidding? And he's like, "Oh, by the time we get our spacesuits on and we get out there, they'll already be halfway back anyway." It's just, ah, come on, forget yeah. it. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Why bother? And Ripley's like... Don't you, have you seen those spacesuits? They're bulky. Yeah, yeah. And Ripley's like, well, okay. I'm sure this won't become a pattern of behavior for you, Ash. <laughs> <laughs> so you're right. Let's see. It makes sense. Um, so uh, meanwhile, the, uh, the, the the away team... <laughs> uh, oh, jeez. You better stay away from the Star Trek stuff, dude. They're making their way... They, they, they're coming back to the ship because... Uh, Kane has been attacked by the, the the jump scare. Riker's been killed by Riker. Riker. <laughs> Oops, sorry. <What? laughs> and, so and and the the thing that jumped at him has it has mm-hmm. eaten through the the visor of his helmet, and so it's like yeah. it's attached to him. And so they're they're bringing him back to the ship, and they mm-hmm. they uh, they get into the ship, but they're in the airlock, so they're sort of inside, yeah. but not yet in the rest of the ship. And Captain Dallas yeah. is like, hey. Let us in. There's like a thing on Kane's face. We need to get him in. Hey, get, hey, listen. Uh, a thing that we don't know what it is uh, is attached to uh, Kane's face. Uh, I have no idea how many diseases this thing is carrying or what it could do. Let us in, yeah. please. And, and Ripley's <laughs> like, you know, there's no fucking way I'm letting you in here, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. you literally have an alien organism attached to you. I'm not just going to let you walk in with it. And, and Lambert is having freak out number one of the yeah. movie, where she's just like, fucking let us in! Yeah. Let us in! And, you know, Dallas is like, I'm the captain! And I don't care! <laughs> let me in! You know, and Ripley's and like... Ripley's like, no, I'm sorry. The rules are rules. And then Ash is like, burp, come on in! <laughs> <laughs> and Ripley's like, why'd you let him in? And he's like, oh, I let him in, they're in now. What are you gonna do? Yeah, what are you gonna do about it? Go on. Take a swing. <laughs> You'll be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be real surprised about what happens if you try to hit me. <laughs> so they take Kane into the infirmary and they they uh, laser cut his helmet off of him. And there's yep. the thing that now is popularly known as the face hugger, the alien face yeah. hugger. It's like a spidery looking thing with a, a tail that wraps around Kane's neck. And it's got and it's like shoving mm-hmm. like a, an appendage down his throat. It's got a tube yeah, down his and throat, yeah. so it's completely covering him. And and, and you know, Rip, Ripley's mm. like, "Gee, I hope we don't." I call it my psychosexual morphic <laughs> creature that gives your head a warm hug as it slowly kills you by making you ingest its 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 over. <laughs> it's not male nor female, <laughs> but male in the aspect that it's. Forcing you into a sexual act that you don't want. Oh, HR, I appreciate that you've clearly done a lot of extra work on this, but mm. I just don't know how much of this is going to make it into the movie. Oh, all of it. You signed a contract. <laughs> it will be there on the screen, even if it is not uh, made explicit. <laughs> 
<laughs> so they try to remove it. They're like, let's let's get rid of it. Let's we need to take it off. Which you know that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, Ash is not Ash. Cain's uh, alive, right? They they determine that it's breathing for him, and uh, but they don't like they just like whatever it's doing to him. We don't. It's not good. We're taking it off. So they take the little laser scalpel thing, and they're like, "We'll just make an incision right above this finger type thing," and they cut it. And uh oh, what happens? To Acid you? blood. Has the worst kind of blood you could possibly imagine. The kind that burns through everything in your spaceship. It burns, yeah, it burns through, what, six decks? Yeah. This little spurt of, of, of acid burns through six decks. And they're like, okay, if we try to take this thing off, it's going to... Because they try to pull it off, and it wraps its tail around his neck and starts to kill him. And then they try to cut it off, and it's got blood in it. And they're like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> they, then that's it. They stop there. They're like, no, that's it. We're done. No more. Um, hopefully he'll be okay, I guess. Right? Well, you know, what I found interesting was that the uh, the Yafet Koto character, uh, Parker, suggests several times that they just freeze Kane. Mm-hmm. And why don't you freeze yeah, him? Yeah, just take him back to Earth and let the doctors on Earth look at it. And the, he, like, nobody... Worst thing possible, but okay. <laughs> well, right, uh, yeah, I mean, in hindsight, it's like, it's probably better they didn't take it to Earth. But, you know, given what the situation was at the time, it's like, yeah, why don't we just freeze him and take him back home where, like, actual doctors can look at him? And, and yeah, everybody, instead of us fucking around. And everybody <laughs> completely ignores him. Like, it's not even, nobody even... Well, you know, they ignore both of them, both Parker and Brett. Yeah. They ignore Brett stoned all the time. <laughs> and and no one wants to listen to Parker because all he does is complain about how little money they're making on this little mining thing. And then they kind of dismiss him. Out. There's a class system going on in this movie. Yeah, they're the below-deck guys. The, yeah. The, you know, the ones that keep everything running, who probably know where all the shit is, and these do-nothing 1% officers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this Marxist bullshit. Why can't we just have a fun yeah. space movie? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, so they're like, no, we're, we're just going to, I don't know. And don't they have to stay, they have to stay on the planet, right? Because uh, they landed. For a little while, yeah, because their ship, yeah, something was damaged, so they... Spooky planet hurt their ship, and so now (laughs) they've got to fix it. And uh, while they're getting the the ship fixed and all that other stuff... uh, No, they do get it fixed, and they go back to the main ship. They go back to the gas part, right? And uh, they dock, and all... And then uh, the thing's gone. Yeah, it's just off of his face. Yeah. yeah. They're like, "Where where's the thing gone?" And then they look around and oh, it's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to draw that out. I was starting to get scared and then I remember that it died. That was close. It's dead. Well, that's right because my ovomorph has once it fulfills its purpose, it dies just like a human being, when he fulfills his reproductive purpose, should die. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like my mother did when she burst me. <laughs> Ridley, why is this weird German guy here? Well, his. De- <laughs> we can't make the movie without. His designs him. are really cool. <laughs> we just kind of have to put up with him. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, they're like, oh, well, that sucks. <laughs> um, ship is fixed. Um, things dead. Um, oh, hey, Kane's back uh, awake. Hey, Kane, how you feeling? <laughs> feeling like young you John Hurt. Kind of sick. <laughs> oh, that's what John Hurt looks like. Um, <laughs> He complains that he had a nightmare about suffocation, but other than that, everything's fine and doesn't seem too wigged out that an alien was basically given, uh, forcing him to give him a blowjob for like the last three days. <laughs> but he seems okay. He's really hungry. He's like super hungry. And they're like, okay, well, let's eat because after we eat, we're getting back in the freezers and we're going home. Yippee! And then they do that at the end. Yeah, no, well, this was a short movie. Wow. Only about 45, 50 minutes, it's over. They're going back to sleep. That isn't what happens. <laughs> no, they're they're sharing a, a lovely meal. They're yucking yeah. it up. They're yucking it up. They're being, you know, friendly co-workers for once. And um, Kane doesn't feel too good all of a sudden. Like, really, really bad. Like... His chest wants to throw up an alien. <laughs> and you'll never guess what happens next. His chest does throw up an alien. A really gross penis looking alien. Yes, I called that my little brother. You <laughs> shut up, Geiger. <laughs> He's kind of cute, though, in his way. Like when he turns around and goes like, Arr! you know, when he... He's like, hey, get away from me. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> he He bursts out of Kane. Kane, you know, flops around, screams, he's in a lot of pain, it's awful. Which you would expect uh, if an alien creature inside of you comes to life and tries to bash its way out of your chest. I don't understand why it just didn't take the easier out and just come right out of his throat. But, you know... That would be gross. That would have been gross. (laughs) Less gross (laughs) than the spurting horribleness of... Popping out of its che- out of his chest, <laughs> and of course they're stunned. They are completely stunned. And then it goes. The little alien goes by, and it takes off, and it gets away. And everyone's like, "Fuck!" <laughs> I guess you are right, Ripley. I'm sorry. No one says that. No one <laughs> no ever one says ever that. Says no that. one apologizes. And to Ripley's credit, she didn't go. I fucking knew it. She didn't say that to any of them. Nor did Parker go, I told you you should have froze him. <laughs> exactly. And now I really want more money. And by the way, Dallas, you are a sucky captain. By the way, you suck. Because you've made all of these decisions and it's all on you. So they decide, okay, well, at least we're not on Spooky Planet anymore. What do we got to do? We got to go into the spooky part of the ship to go find the monster. We got to find the little tiny monster that just jumped out of our friend. (laughs) All right, I'm on Spooky Deck 9. Their idea is that they're going to capture it, right? Yeah, they have have a net. And they have uh, Ash has rigged like a a scanner for them to use that detects motion. Yeah, a motion detector. Because they can't shoot it because of the acid blood. Right. And they can't have the, you know, if it goes through all the decks and then hits outside, then they have decompression, and that's bad for a ship in space. Yeah, mostly. Yeah. So they go out there, and then we get another jump scare, because Jonesy, 
who we haven't mentioned yet, the cat, because they have He's a cat a kitty on cat. board the ship. He's oh, Steve's so happy that there's He's a kitty, a kitty cat. cat on this little spaces. son of a bitch. <laughs> He's he's the cat this of misdirection. Annoying little fuck of a cat. I love cats. I have four of them. But oh, Jonesy gets on my nerves. Anyway, uh, they they have uh, uh, cattle prods that all mining vessels apparently need. I don't know why they have cat. Do you know why they have cattle? How prods? are you going to go into did space? Did they make with, them? How are you going to go into space did without Kane, cattle prods? I, I did Ash make the cattle prods, I, or was it found a found item? I. You know, I think I think maybe Ash made him. I remember that they said something about uh, when when they when Lambert. When... We found these cattle prods next to a leather suit <laughs> yeah. in your closet. Can we use these? Oh, sure. I don't know how they got there. We also found this vibrating <laughs> thing. Maybe we can use that against the alien. Give me that fucking thing. <laughs> Stop going through my shit. Oh yes, please let me design Lambert's sex dungeon. No. <laughs> If you delete these scenes, I will be heartbroken. I thought this movie was going to be fun for me. <laughs> I can't remember if they make the cattle prod things or not, because I know they make the, the flamethrowers that, that, that they use later. Or, you know, yeah, which also doesn't seem to be something you'd carry on yeah, a Yeah, why would you need a flamethrower you know. or a cattle prod on a spaceship, really? But then again, they have a cat, so... You know. Well, that's just good company. Maybe that's what, how they while away the hours. Okay, let's t- time to start chasing the cat through the ship. <laughs> Grab your cattle prods, everybody. It's time for recreation. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so they're looking for it, and then one of them stuns the cat because they, they pick up the cat on the motion sensor. They go in there, and they, they cattle prod it, and it gets away. And Parker's like, you got to go get it because we're just going to keep picking up the cat on the motion sensor. And Brett's like, I don't want to go into into, on, into spooky deck. You're you're crazy. And and he's like, No, no, it'll be fine. Go into the scariest part of the ship. Literally, the most scary part of the whole ship. I'm sure you'll find him, and you'll be fine. And Brett's like, Okay. And uh, he goes into the scariest part of the ship, which has lots of hanging wet chains and uh, dripping water. I guess. Yeah. I don't know why there was a dripping water part of the ship. It must be part of the standard design. It's like, where am I going to put the drippy water part of the ship? Oh, just design the scary part. But I have every ship has to have a drippy water part where water just drips out of the long shaft thing for no reason. Okay, fine. Just put it wherever you want to. <laughs> Can you explain to me why it's so wet in it's the area be- where Brett goes? Because it's scary. Because it's spooky. Okay, fine. Because <laughs> it's scary and We're spooky. on spooky spaceship. He's on spooky deck in, in the spooky room. <laughs> and he's calling to the cat. He's like, Jonesy, here, kitty, kitty, kitty. And un- unfortunately, I guess the alien um, responds to this call. <laughs> I wonder if he means me. And uh, Brett sees the alien, and the alien's like, yo. And and Brett's like, huh? And he's like, how you doing? And he's like, uh? And the alien's like, watch, I have a neat trick with my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, what? The alien has had a growth spurt, by the way. A bit, because it's now as big as a fucking house. (laughs) And it hits him with his inside mouth, his tongue (laughs) mouth, whatever you want to call it. And grabs Brett and hoiks him up. And I guess Parker saw it. This is the weird part. 
uh, we cut immediately to Parker saying, "I saw it. It was big. It was huge, and it got it got Brett." Even though we don't see Parker in that scene at all, where Brett gets taken, where Brett gets taken by the alien, he, we don't cut to Parker walking in, going, "Hey, Brett, you find the cat yet? Who's your friend?" No, we don't see <laughs> anything Holy like shit. that. We just <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Brett's like, "I saw this. This fucking thing is huge." God damn it, Dallas, what have you done? Why doesn't anyone listen to Ripley or me? (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, now capturing it is kind of off the table. Because they just got nets and cattle prods. (laughs) It's not going to work. Do anything. So, here we go with brilliant idea number five. Which is, hey, let's herd it. That'll work, right? Because it's like a cow. It's like a big, big cow that eats us, right? (laughs) We can hurt it, hurt it to the airlock, and then we'll blow it out of the airlock. Done, done deal, right? That's what. Yeah, they do, and Steve. Ash says, "Hey, you know what might help? Maybe it's afraid of fire, because animals <laughs> animals are scared of fire. So maybe the alien life form will be scared of it too." And Captain Dallas says, "Okay, okay. <laughs> sounds good. I'm I'm getting into the air vents now because we're pretty sure it's in the air vents, right?" And so uh, Dallas goes up into the air vents and he dies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to recap the scenes because it's scary and I hate and them. Tom's- Lambert has another freak yeah. out. <laughs> it does. He, it is. A, it's actually. I mean, in terms of building tension, it's pretty good. Even though you, it's a foregone conclusion, what's going to happen? Like it's not mm-hmm. that. Oh, oh my God! I can't believe they killed Dallas. I mean, you pretty much know as soon as he crawls into that airship that that's what's going to happen. Dallas was awful. <laughs> Dallas was not a good captain. <laughs> but he nobly sacrificed himself. No, he by didn't. Volunteering he nobly for a stumbled mission. into the arms of the goddamn alien and had its arms outreached. Like, buddy, hey, come here. Just like going to give him a hug. <laughs> but now that Dallas is dead. Um, Warrant Officer Ripley is now Cappy, and um, she gets keys to Mother, because Mother has her own special room that has a bunch of useless Christmas lights in it. And she immediately goes into uh, the Mother hard drive room, and she sits down at an ancient computer screen. I mean, this is like the oldest computer screen ever, where you still have to, in this advanced future, you still have to type in what you're going to ask mother and she sits down and she's like hey mother what's going on and mother's like oh um here's the deal <laughs> um the company knows about the whole thing with the spooky planet and all that stuff and you guys are supposed to go there and uh get this uh monster and um bring him on board the ship and then uh you know, bring it back to Earth. Oh, and you guys can die if that's okay. <laughs> that's really all we care about. <laughs> You're totally expendable, alright? I know that you guys thought you were better than Parker and Brett, but you're all the same to us. <laughs> <laughs> so Ripley gets really kind of cheesed off. And, <laughs> and then Ash pops in and says, what you doing? Yeah, <laughs> Ash is like, hey, you weren't talking to Mother, were you? And she's like, yes. And he's like, oh, I think I need to suffocate you with a rolled up magazine now. <laughs> this is this is the part where the movie takes a turn. I'm sorry. A real turn. <laughs> it takes a real turn because you, 
Ash is played by Ian Holm, who is one of uh, number one. Let me get this out of the way. I love every single one of these actors. Every single Definitely. person that's in this movie is an excellent Definitely. actor, and they are doing fantastic work in this movie. And Ian Holm is a fantastic actor, but he is not the biggest man in the world, nor is he the most you know powerful looking man in the world. And he starts tossing Ripley around like a goddamn yeah. doll, and you're like, "What is going on?" <laughs> He's he's powerfully built, isn't he? <laughs> he is powerfully built and really strong. Strong enough so that when Parker, who is a man who is twice his side, stumbles in, <laughs> number one, okay, Ash holds Ripley down with one arm, rolls up a newspaper, and is going to suffocate her with it or yeah, something? Yeah, he's, he's, he like jams it into her mouth and is like pushing yeah. it down. But it doesn't look like murder. I'm surprised that when Parker walked in, he goes, oh, hey, sorry, didn't mean to disturb you two. <laughs> what you guys do in your free time is your business. <laughs> but Parker runs up and he tries to pull him off her and he can't. And then Parker goes, okay, uh, let me hit you with the, this uh, fire extinguisher. That ought to do it. And he knocks Ash's head right <laughs> off his body. <laughs> and the first time I saw that, I went... Dad? What's going on? <laughs> what happened to Ash? It's kind of gross yeah. because he seems to be filled with yogurt and milk. <laughs> he's he's white-blooded. And now Ash's, Ash's body is still moving around trying to kill shit. And they finally beat it, beat it down, beat it undone. And it isn't until Parker goes... He, Ash is a fucking robot that we figure out. Oh shit! Ash is a Ash fucking is robot. Totally a robot. <laughs> Technically, he's an mm -hmm. android, but that's just my geekiness <laughs> coming out. Um, so they figure, hey, I bet the robot knows some stuff, right? Yeah, let's uh, let's connect the robot's head back up to stuff. And he's all gross inside. He's really gross inside. He's like all tubes and bulbs and milk and yeah. yogurt. I don't know what it runs on, but it's all gross. It's not like a like a stereotypical movie android. It's not it all clean yeah. like inside Data. No. It's all there's no lights or nothing. He's just it's, gross. He's, he's got guts. He's got like plastic guts. <laughs> it's like a little kid threw up on a bunch of Legos. <laughs> And they connect him up, and Ash is like, oh, hey, guys, I guess my secret's out, huh? Um, listen, um, I've been here working against you this whole time, and uh, the company doesn't care about you at all, either way. You guys can make it home alive or not, it doesn't really matter, um, but I, I will tell you this for free. Uh, monster's going to probably eat all of you, <laughs> and I kind of like the monster. <laughs> He's kind of neat. And you can't kill it. I think the monster's cool. And yeah, there's no way you can kill it. There's nothing on board that you... There's nothing... Just give up. Why don't you lay down? Here, activate my body and I'll kill you all with magazines. Because <laughs> the alternative is seeing the, the alien's mouth trick. And you don't want to see the mouth trick. Ever. Not up close. No way. It's all oh, so gross and it looks painful. But uh, they're like... Thanks, Ash. We're going to set you on fire now. <laughs> and then they set him on fire. They burn him, and Parker burns him up. <laughs> and then, and then <laughs> finally, they say, let's just get on the shuttle and leave the ship. 
Yeah, because they discussed that before when it was when before they knew Ash was a robot. They were like, "Okay, let's all leave." And the geniuses that designed <laughs> yeah. this ship designed a seven-person crew, but the but the escape pod, the escape craft, only has three hypersleep chambers. It's like, oh, great! What about the other yeah, four? Fuck I mean, we know you don't care about the the lower grunts that take care of the ship, but you you have five officers. <laughs> I guess they're figuring if things have gone tits up to the point that they're having to leave the ship, there's probably three or four of them dead already. Do you have to wait around until the others die before you can escape? Like, look, do we need a spacecraft, an escape craft that can hold them all? I mean, half of them are dead the by this point craft, anyway. The, the escape craft came with dueling pistols. And before you can open it, you have to take the dueling pistols down, and whoever survives gets to go on board. <laughs> But now they're the right number. They're the right number for the for the thing, and they're like, "Let's get the fuck out of here." And they're like, "Okay, oh, but here's a good idea. Let's let's blow up let's blow up the mining part of the, the spooky part of the ship, okay? With the alien on it, we'll just blow it. We'll blow it up." And they're like, "Oh, okay. Wouldn't it just be easier just to leave?" And they're like, "No. Oh." Oh yeah, and we also have to do a whole bunch of other stuff before we can leave. We have to get what is it? Food? Uh, well, they and oxygen. Yeah, they have to get coolant for the shuttle. I think oh, that's cool. that's what yeah, that's where cool. Parker and Lambert go because they have to split up one more time <laughs> before yeah. they can leave. Yeah, they have to they have to split up. And I know that Ripley's supposed to be doing something, but instead she chases around that fucking cat because she's like come here cat come here come here god damn it no we're not leaving without you cat you're important to me cat get in the goddamn box cat and while she's chasing the cat around alien shows up kills both Parker <laughs> and Lambert and the noises that Lambert makes while she's dying will live with me till the end of my goddamn life she is not having a good time <laughs> And my hat's off to Veronica Cartwright for even making those sounds because, ugh. Yeah. Well, you know, she knows what she wants it to sound like when she's murdered by an alien. When she's being eviscerated by the alien's mouth trick. (laughs) So uh, Ripley overhears this, and she rushes down there, and Parker and Lambert are, are dead. And now there is only one. Or two, if you count the stupid cat. (laughs) So Ripley decides, time to make like a tree and get the heck out of here. And she heads to the... Because she's already set the self-destruct, right? Or does she go there? No, she goes to set the self-destruct. And and, uh, she sets it up and Mother's like, okay, you got ten minutes. And she goes back to where the shuttle is and, oh no... The aliens there. He was waiting for. Her. Yeah, right, he's like, hey, right at the end, right where the door is to get onto the shuttle. The aliens, right, right, fucking there. And now she's got to go back and try to stop the uh, the self destruct. And she gets up there and she does the reverse of everything we just saw her do. <laughs> but not in time, sadly. But not in time. And Mother won't listen to her, and she has a tantrum. She's like, Mother, I turned it off. And Mother's like, sorry. Yeah, and now spooky shit is losing its mind. Steam is everywhere. The alarms are going off. It's reminding you every three seconds that you're about to goddamn die. 
And now she has no other choice. She has to go back. She has to go back and try to get into the shuttle. And she goes all the way back to the shuttle. And Alien's gone. And Jonesy is still in his little cat, his future cat carrier. <laughs> and Ripley's like, okay, I'm just getting on the shuttle and we're getting the hell out of here. And she gets in the shuttle. She gets on there. She gets away. And then um, spooky, spooky spaceship explodes. Yay! Four times. <laughs> yeah! Yeah! <laughs> That self-destruct mechanism is thorough. <laughs> um, I am really surprised that something that can explode that much, that violently, was left in charge of Brett and Parker. <laughs> <laughs> because while I'm sure they were competent, they didn't inspire confidence. No, and they were quite emphatically disgruntled. <laughs> and one of them was quite, frankly, stoned constantly. <laughs> In fact, I think the reason why there is a gap between when Brett dies and when Dallas dies is because after he ate Dallas, the alien was stoned out of his <laughs> mind and didn't know where he was. He's just holding his hands in front of him Whoa. going, oh, the colors. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you take it. I've been talking well, a she lot. Well, so uh, you, you she gets in the, the shuttle and the, 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 yeah, the ship yeah. has exploded and she's like, oh, everything's safe. So she pulls the kitty out of his little cat carrier and she's... In more than one way, in more ways Whoa, than one. Oh, I see what out. you did there. Yes, she puts the cat in the uh, in one of the the cryo sleep chambers, and then she starts yeah. getting ready for her sleep, which means taking off most of her clothes. Because uh, who wants to sleep in your clothes, right? I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. So exactly. she's taking off you her clothes, what? and she's like, ah, "Time for sleep." And then uh, she notices that. The alien creature is in the shuttle with her. Jump yeah. scare. Another it's, jump scare. The hand. The pops hand out. is there, and he's like tucked into a corner somewhere. He's like, you know, he's yeah. like sort of stowing away. He took like, a nap. Don't, she won't see me. You know. Mm-hmm. And Ripley's like, oh shit. And this is the first chance we ever really get a clear yeah. view of the alien. Itself. Yeah. And we see just how different it is. And, uh, boy. Yeah. And <laughs> he's terrifying. We, I mean, and now that, you know, this, this has become such a long running franchise, everybody knows what the alien in aliens looks like. But yeah, this, the first yeah. time seeing it, it is completely different than anything that had been offered as like a, an, an alien mm-hmm. creature in, in big movies like this before. He was delicious. <laughs> and I called him my boyfriend. <laughs> my most splendid creation. <laughs> so Ripley says, fuck this. And she she gets into the closet and she starts putting on a spacesuit and she finds like a like mm-hmm. a grappling hook gun or something. Convenient yeah, grappling it's just right hook there. gun that's inside the closet with, with the with the um spacesuit. And then she's like, Okay, I need to get this alien out of his little hiding place. So she, I guess she turns on like a, opens a bunch of air vents that start shooting like gas or pressurized air like at where the alien is to kind of force it out of where it is. Because yeah. uh, she sits down and she gets out of the closet. She quietly sits down in a yeah, chair. Buckles herself in. Buckles herself in. And then starts pressing buttons. And the steam hits the alien and boy does he. Hey, hey like wait that. a minute. What the hell? <laughs> I'm sleeping I here. I wasn't even trying to eat you. Someone seeing my mouth trick. <laughs> <laughs> and then she has to, she's facing the alien while she's doing this, but then she has to 
open the door to de uh, to uh, decompress the cabin, to shoot him out, shoot the alien out into space. And she has to turn around <laughs> and not face the alien to do that because the control yeah, panel is behind that button's her. on the other side. And she's about to press the button, and she makes the mistake of looking behind her, and the, the alien's like, Mouth trick time! <laughs> <laughs> it's showtime! But she mashes go on that button, and the door opens, and the alien's going on a little trip. <laughs> but he grabs onto the doorway, and is just, it looks like he's gonna just stay there. <laughs> he's just hanging out for the rest of the trip, yeah. Yeah, he's like, no, I'm I can not going do it. anywhere. I can do it this he's, way. He's, He's worse than a shoe salesman from the 1950s. <laughs> Just go away. I'm not interested. But luckily, she has her grappling yeah. hook. And she dick Grayson's the fuck <laughs> out of him by shooting the grappling hook right and square in his chest. And he shoots off into space. And then the door closes. Um, and then he climbs the wire back onto the ship. Yeah, right? he doesn't give up. I'll give him that. And he goes, I can't be stopped. Oh, here's a convenient place to hide. Here in this thing that looks like a, <laughs> an engine port. <laughs> he don't know from engine ports. He's he's an alien. <laughs> and, and Ripley's like, fuck you, alien. And presses the, the burst boost or whatever, the make go fire come out <laughs> button. And... And burns that alien burns up. Burns the alien up and, I guess, probably throws her shuttle way off course. But they, they don't really <laughs> mention that. That doesn't seem to be a problem. And then she uh, uh, leaves a journal entry before going to bed where she's like, Well, okay, that happened. Um, everybody's dead. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Okay, Steve. <laughs> now it's time for our super scary review Ooh. of the super scary alien. Mm. Was it scary? Steve? It was scary. I I actually <laughs> I mean, I it's not so shocking to say this cuz it's this is a really popular and influential movie, but I mm -hmm. really really like this movie. This is one of my favorite. I would say it's one of it's one of my favorite movies of its kind, but really, I mean, even though this was a really influential movie, a lot of the, the movies that sort of followed in its footsteps aren't nearly as good as Alien. Nope. I mean, there are there have there were lots of other movies that have tried to be like horror movie in space, but none of them have quite lived up to uh Alien. And I there's so many things about it that I that I like that I think distinguish it from other sci-fi space movies uh some of them we've already sort of touched on a little bit like the idea of the crew not being uh you know romantic about space travel no, at all they're not swashbuckly no. they're not out for science they're not there the thing that i appreciate most about this movie and i will say this right now alien is not just one of my favorite movies of this genre it's not one of my favorite sci-fi movies it's one of my favorite movies period for a number of reasons um, that have nothing to do with science fiction or horror or, you know, special effects or anything like that. And that is the dialogue and the characters 
in this film feel more real than a lot of other movies that had come out at that time. There is a looseness in their dialogue, the way they speak to one another, the way they react to things feels kind of improvised and very yeah. loose. That was due to Ridley Scott. He, he, he pursued it that way. There is a realism to the original Alien that makes it feel less like a movie and more like they're just shooting people who've been doing this forever. There's a casualness about the environment that they're in that really lends itself to the horror element because you're already trying to get the audience to buy in that they, they these people live in space, they this is their job and this is what they do. And then an alien comes up and kills all yeah. of them. It really helps you to identify with those people if they already seem like people that you might know, that you might encounter at your workplace or, you know, wherever. So um, from an acting from an acting standpoint, their performances really are what really sell this film. Um, not just the scary alien or the spooky spaceship or spooky planet or the other spooky spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it's because you you can sum this movie up very simply. You can say horror, you know, haunted house movie in space, and and that that's mm-hmm. accurate, but it also doesn't do justice to the movie because number one, even though there are a couple of jump scares in it, it doesn't really mm-hmm. lean on the jump scares to keep you interested. You know, the movie, there are, there yeah. are sequences in the movie, even though you, as we were, you know, talking about making fun of, uh, there's no reason why any spacecraft would be designed this way. I mean, it's, it's, no. it's, it's designed <laughs> to be a spooky, scary setting, but you yeah. know, it, there are, there are scenes that really build tension in a really, really effective way. And there are there are visuals in this movie that some of which are just downright creepy and creepy in really creative oh, yeah. ways. Like like when Ash gets his head knocked off and the head yeah. is like hanging on, like hanging upside down. Like by, a yeah. thread. It's like, that's some <laughs> creepy shit. I don't know if I had ever seen anything like that before this movie where... You know, I mentioned, mentioned it earlier when um, Lambert dies. Yeah. We don't actually see her die. We see the alien's tail come up behind her, and then we cut away to Ripley, and we just hear her voice echoing through yeah. the ship. And it's not your stereotypical scream, you know, ah, and then silence. It is a bunch of sounds that allow your mind to picture awful, awful yeah. things <laughs> that genuinely sound like someone being killed. And again, that lends itself... Well, one of the things about the, this film that I really enjoy is that there is no part in this movie that feels like dialogue. No. That feels like, this is a script. And this is what... All of the performances are so rooted in a kind of realness that it feels genuine when they're going through stuff. It has that feeling of of spontane- uh, uh, spontaneous dialogue that you don't get in in almost all other horror movies ever made. You know, um, Alien is unique and it hasn't been matched, I don't think, since it's been made in regards to being able to sell people as being realistic. You know, there's no teenagers in no. this. There's no teenagers <laughs> in it. They're all adults. Every single one of them is an and, adult. And they're all played, <laughs> as, you, as you mentioned earlier during the recap, they're all played by fantastic actors, uh, all, yeah. all, they're, all of whom are... are at this point in their careers, character actors, uh, Sigourney Weaver became a big movie star after this. Uh, yeah. 
But, uh, you know, I mean, like one of my, Tom Skerritt, one of my favorite actors ever. I love him and everything I've ever seen him. And I'm always happy when I see Tom Skerritt in something. Uh, Harry Dean Stanton, mm-hmm. fantastic. John yeah. Hurt, uh, you know, an incredibly talented, amazing actor. Yafit Kodo, Veronica mm-hmm. Cartwright. They're all just, you know, and Ian Holm, uh, fantastic actor. They're just, it's, it's. If if you've never seen the movie before and you don't quite know who all is in it, but you're a movie person and you know who these people are, it's like a shockingly yeah. great cast. It's such a stacked <laughs> cast. It's like, holy shit, they're all in the same movie? Because these yeah. actors are phenomenal. And and yeah, mm-hmm. they it, they all have they give very naturalistic performances and uh it which which works really well when you throw that against not only are they in space which is already kind of fantastic Mm -hmm. but they end up being picked off one by one by a super spooky space monster (laughs) which is not which is like the least naturalistic thing you could ever make a movie about (laughs) but Mm -hmm. and the shame of it is is that if alien had never been made i don't think it would be made now i i think the concept i think the concept is too is too out there it's an ambitious movie. If you take a look at it from the on the year it was made and all that other stuff, you know, a lot of a lot of movie companies were looking for the next Star Wars. Yeah. Everyone wanted another Star Wars. They wanted a big Star Wars movie. And along comes this film, which is basically set in the future about a monster that kills people. And if you just say it like that, no movie studio necessarily would jump at it, except that it was the 1970s. And people were willing to risk on big ideas because someone risked on Star Wars. You know, someone risked on a on a, a giant rubber yeah. shark movie, and then it made a lot of money. So they said, "Well, maybe this will be, maybe this will turn out to be good." And and luckily, you had Ridley Scott, who at the time was incredibly ambitious with with this film, and um, you know, he he took the risk of of saying, "Okay, yeah, I know it's going to be scary, but I'm going to make it scary in non traditional ways." Yeah. I'm already throwing the audience into un- into an unfamiliar place, and I'm not necessarily going to explain anything about the alien at all, or the ship, well, or any and, of and it. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm glad you reminded me, because like, that was something that I really appreciated watching it this, this most recent time, <clears throat> is how so there, there's so little exposition uh, especially nope. during the early scenes when the crew wakes up and then they're doing there, they're, there's a lot of like, it's almost procedural. There's a lot of business that they're doing in the spaceship before yeah. they actually land on the planet and, and discover the alien. And there's no mm-hmm. expository dialogue. No, there's no techno babble. It's nobody, you know, trying to nope. make sure that the audience understands that when they push these buttons, this has a particular meaning and here's what's happening. They're mm-hmm. just going about their business. And it works because it... They're talking about their jobs as people who know what their jobs are. Yeah, there's very little, you know, as you know. There's none of that. I've always imagined that if if someone wrote a movie about a truck driver, right? It now... You'd have the truck driver have to have an exposition spiel about what a truck driver does. And the truck driver gets down out of the cab. Well, you know, ma'am, I drive this truck from one end of the country to the other, hauling freight for anybody who's willing to pay me. It's like, you don't, why are you telling me this? <laughs> for the people who don't know what a truck driver does. 
Gosh, mister, I've been delivering newspapers every morning for the last two years. Someone drops papers off, I fold them, I put them in a bag, and I deliver them to people's front steps every morning. Thanks, paper boy. So that's what you do. (laughs) I thought the paper was just there. I, I thought I had a magic door, and when I opened it in the morning, there was the paper. Yeah. yeah, the script trusts an audience enough to follow what the hell is going on, and to be able to, with very few, um, with very few cues, trust the audience enough to pick up. Okay, they're in space. It's the future. This is their job. Oh, they're talking about mining stuff. It must be a mining vessel. Right. You know, it's. But they never mention what they're carrying, where they're coming from, any of the other stuff that uh, normally would probably get beaten to death. Like in, uh, what's that piece of crap movie that just came out recently? Like in Prometheus. <gasps> hey, wait, wasn't that... <laughs> the unneeded exposition that we didn't need for <laughs> Let's do a whole movie with that. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, the thing about Alien, Alien was released at the very end of the 1970s, which um, mm-hmm. a lot of people think of as the best decade ever, or at least so far, for American Hollywood movies. And mm-hmm. it's sort of... It's it it embodies a lot of what made the 1970s such a great decade for Hollywood, and it also, yeah. but yet it's also, as you said, uh, partially a result of the popularity of Star Wars, which is one of the movies that basically killed that that spirit <laughs> that made the 70s so great, <laughs> which was an uh, a valuing of experimentation. Of, of being mm-hmm. able to where major Hollywood studios would get behind filmmakers who were who were consciously trying to make great movies and make different movies and make movies that push the boundaries. Yeah. So Alien is a movie that comes in the wake of Star Wars. And of course, it's a space movie. And in a sense, it's an adventure movie, but it's not like mm-hmm. a space opera. It's not an epic. No. These characters are not fighting to save the galaxy. Uh, no, it's, they're just fighting to save their yeah, skin. It finds a way to explore that uh, space adventure genre that was very popular all of a sudden again, but to do it in a really mm-hmm. interesting and different way. And unfortunately, yeah. uh, even in the the rest of the Alien series that followed this movie, that spirit was kind of lost. And Hollywood, Hollywood yeah. became mostly... Uh, uh, okay with just doing the obvious thing with saying oh people like space movies let's just give them another movie that's kind of like Star Wars you know let's yeah well I mean one of the things about this is that the stakes for this film are literally they're very personal for the people that are in yeah. the film that's all that's uh, that's all that's matter there, there's no lip service going well this alien can never return to Earth or it'll be awful there's nothing like that like in the later films where it's like oh if this alien gets to Earth everything will be awful no this is just literally about them trying to survive a thing that's yeah. happening that's it that's all we need we don't need bigger stakes than that the, the the alien threat does not have to become a worldwide alien threat for us to give a damn about it. And so, uh, yeah. And yeah. in fact, when when so, when when the alien threat does become more of that sort of a thing in in some of the later films or in other films that followed in this movie's wake, it loses that specialness. It doesn't. It it it, it, yeah. just, it feels like oh, this is just another movie where the, this you know small group of characters is fighting to save humanity. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. lots of great movies have been made with that premise, but you know, that's not the fact that Alien was exactly the opposite is one of the things that really made it special. Yeah. So, uh, Steve, would you recommend it? Ah, uh, not really. Yeah, no. me either. <laughs> Fuck not, this movie. <laughs> overrated. No, of course I would. If you haven't seen Alien, if for whatever reason you, you're listening, you listen, you have not yet seen Maybe it's Alien. too scary or too scared. If, yeah, do you know what? I mean, hug your pillow, keep the lights on, do mm-hmm. whatever you have to do. Yeah. But yeah, I would. of course I would recommend it. It's, it's one of the great science fiction films of the last 40 years. It's one of the great science fiction films ever, really. And yep. uh, it's one of my favorites. It's a great movie. Of course I recommend it. Me too. I can't recommend it enough. And now we're going to recommend another movie, maybe a scary movie, right, Steve? <laughs> it better be a scary movie. If you say Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm, this show is over. It's I'm not I'm not recommending Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm. Okay, uh, you make your recommendation. I have to pee like a racehorse. Oh, honey. Okay. <laughs> I'll be right back. Okay. What are we what are we gonna talk about while Jason's gone? He's, he's he's going he's going to the bathroom. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and make my recommendation. My recommendation is um, a movie that it's not a scary movie like Alien is, but it is one of those movies I think that in terms of its design and in terms of its tone, well, I think it was actually uh, influenced quite a lot by Alien and not maybe not even as much as by the film that it's a sequel to that people might think that it was influenced the most by. I'm recommending the film 2010, which is not a movie that I... I, There there were many, many years of my life when I thought I was very ambivalent about 2010, because 2001 A Space Odyssey, to which 2010 is a sequel, is one of my favorite movies ever. I just... I'm a huge fan of 2001 A Space Odyssey, and for, for a long time, I resented 2010 because I thought it was blasphemous because it's there just to answer all the questions that that were left hanging after 2001, and I didn't care for that, and I still really... I'm not crazy about that, but um, Jason's back. Yeah, I don't even know what you recommended. I'm recommending... I'm recommending... I'm recommending 2010. Oh, okay. That's not Um, scary. I know. I explained it in the part that you missed. Anyway, okay. No, I, I'm recommending 2010 because, like, like I said during during the Alien review, there were mm-hmm. most of the scary space movies aren't that good. Mm-mm. I mean, I tried. I, that was my intention at first. Like, I'm going to recommend another scary space movie, eh, like Event Horizon. Not really. This is what you happens know? when I leave you alone. But anyway, <laughs> I'm recommending 2010, which is not nearly as good of a movie as Alien, obviously, and is not no. near, and is not nearly as good of a movie as the film to which it is a sequel, 2001: A Space Odyssey. But, no. uh, but it is a movie that I think is in in terms of its. Uh, style and its tone and its uh, aesthetic is influenced as much by alien as much by alien as it is by 2001 mm-hmm. uh, because it is it is also a an attempt at making a, a sort of naturalistic uh sort of boots on the ground uh realistic space travel movie yeah. Um, and it's it's a movie that I resented for a long time because Me too, to this very yeah. day, in fact. I mean, it's be, because because it it, <laughs> it 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 basically tries to 
answer all of the mysteries of 2001. Which yeah. is, you know, it's but, the Prometheus of the two thousand yeah, two thousand one franchise. It is, but I think when once once I got that out of my head, once I sort of got past that and mm-hmm. was able to look at it just as a film in its own right, uh, I think it is a decent movie. I don't mm-hmm. think that it's. I mean, obviously, it suffers from a comparison to two thousand one, uh, but so do most science fiction movies, I think. Um, but I do. Th- it has a really strong cast: Roy Scheider and Helen Mirren, and the great Bob Balaban, who is good mm-hmm. in everything, uh, and John Lithgow is in it. And it's it's a movie that I think, if you want to see an example, maybe of how alien uh, influenced science fiction films in the eighties. Um, in a way other than, ooh, let's make him scary. Yeah. I think 2010 is a good example. So that's my recommendation, 2010. That's right. So on Halloween night, sit down to 2010 and it'll, ooh, it's so scary, kids. <laughs> it'll scare you. Oh, the computer's so even-toned. <laughs> you, never, you never know what he's really thinking. is so well-explained. <laughs> Hey, the truth the truth Ooh. can be scary. Look at John Lithgow, he loses his shit when he's out in space. Who wouldn't kids? Oh, <laughs> Ooh, someone <laughs> greenlit a sequel to a timeless film. <laughs> hey, hey, wait a minute. It's my recommendation. I shouldn't be taking a shit on it. All right, I'm going to recommend a movie that's kind of scary, but it's more of a thriller, but it's also set in space and it's also about a bunch of people doing stuff and that's Sunshine. Oh. <gasps> And if you guys haven't seen Sunshine, go and see it. That's it. Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) Because I lost my notes. And I I can't remember the the guy who made it. He he made Slumdog Millionaire 28 days later. Danny Boyle, thank you. Danny Boyle, who's probably been making the most interesting films of the last 15 years, um, entered into the sci-fi genre with these people who go to the sun to... Turn the pilot light back on, basically. <laughs> Pretty much. The sun is having sun problems, and they go out there to stop the sun problems. That's all I'm going to tell you about it, because to tell you much more is going to kind of wreck the film. It's uh, really good, very suspenseful, lots of sci-fi stuff, lots of, you know... Um, I, would you call it an adventure? It's more of a thriller. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe in a broad sense, you call yeah, it. It's like, more of a, yeah. Yeah. It's more of a thriller. And that's it. That's all I'm going to say about it. Because I don't want to wreck it for you like we just wrecked Alien. <laughs> so if you haven't seen Alien, but you want to pretend like you've seen it, you can just use this review as crypt notes. And then when you start saying things like, and then the alien did his mouth trick, people are going to look at you funny. What the hell? <laughs> but uh, yeah, Sunshine is a great film, and I rec- highly recommend it. Go see it. There's nothing really gross in it, really. There's no, there's no. no gross monsters and... H.R. Giger didn't lay a finger <laughs> one on this movie. Nope. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to recommend. That's it. Thanks, everybody, for listening to our first scary review podcast. We're going to do another one. We don't know what movie that is yet. We're probably mm-hmm. going to come to close over it. Yeah. <laughs> but if you guys have a recommend uh, a recommendation for something that you want us to review, then uh, please go to the Let Me Listen website and go to the contact page and send us an email and let us know. Some people have sent us some stuff, and I've definitely added those movies to the list of things that we can po- potentially review. Um, is am I forgetting anything else? No, uh, support us. So. Support us on Patreon. Give us money. Um, find us on Facebook. Uh, we're also on Twitter. Uh, stuff on yeah. the internet. 
<laughs> you're on the internet now if you're listening to this. And thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you're not too scared. I hope you could sleep well at night, Ooh. knowing that a gross alien might get you. <laughs> if it comes to Earth, which would be disastrous. If you've been listening to this in the dark, what was that noise? Could it, could it be an icky alien here to show you his mouth trick? It's possible. <laughs> oh. May, may, may aliens never show you their mouth trick. That is my <laughs> wish for you, gentle listener. So until next time, this has been Jason Harding, and go see a moo! Oh, and that's Steve over there, hiding under <laughs> hiding under the blanket, the blanket fort. <laughs> Don't kill me, scary alien. <laughs> and uh, go see a movie this week. Hey, Jason. What? You know what? No. I, I admire you. I admire your purity. You're a survivor, unclouded by conscience, remorse, or delusions of morality. I just wanted to say that to you. Thanks! And here's my mouth trick. <laughs> Late Seating is a Lemmy Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Music by Kevin McLeod. Produced by Jason Harding. You can find more Lemmy Listen podcasts at our website at www.lemmylistenpodcasts.com. You can also find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, and iTunes under Lemmy Listen. Please like and leave a review. And thanks for listening.